To be able to respond to its environment, a cell must be capable of receiving and processing extracellular signals. An extracellular signal can take several forms. Chemical, such as a neurotransmitter, hormone, or drug. Electrical, such as a voltage change and action potential. And mechanical, such as pressure. A receptor receives a signal and instructs the cell to perform a specific function. Signal transduction is the process by which a cell converts this extracellular signal into an intracellular response. Most receptors are embedded in the cell membrane, but there are a few intracellular receptors as well. Membrane-bound receptors. There are three categories of membrane-bound receptors, including ion channel, G-protein-coupled receptor, and enzyme-linked receptor. An ion channel is an ion-conducting pore that is either open or closed. A closed channel prevents ions from flowing along a concentration gradient. An open channel allows ions to flow along a concentration gradient. An example is the voltage-gated sodium channel in the neuron. G-protein-coupled receptors work in one of two ways. Either one, it opens or closes an ion channel, such as in the muscarinic 2 receptor in the SA node, or it activates or inhibits an enzyme inside of the cell. For example, alpha-1 receptor in vascular smooth muscle. In the enzyme-linked receptor, the receptor is also an enzyme. At rest, the catalytic domain is inactive. When this signal binds, the catalytic domain becomes activated. An example is insulin receptor in the skeletal muscle. It is linked to tyrosine kinase. For intracellular receptors, a signal diffuses through the cell membrane and binds to a receptor located inside of the cell. Examples are steroids that bind to receptors in the cytoplasm and thyroid hormone that binds to receptors in the cell nucleus. G-protein coupled receptors. When organizing all of this in your head, it is helpful to think about one of the following sequences. Once you understand the sequence, you can use it as a scaffold to understand each of the G-protein coupled receptors systems in greater detail. The sequence is first messenger, G-protein coupled receptor, effector, second messenger, cellular response. The first messenger is a ligand that binds to the G-protein coupled receptor. This ligand could be something endogenous in the body, such as a neurotransmitter or hormone, or it can be something exogenous in the body, such as a drug. G-protein-coupled receptor protein structure. The receptor portion is accessible outside of the cell membrane. The G-protein itself resides inside of the cell membrane and consists of three subunits, alpha, beta, and gamma. Protein function. The G protein either stimulates or inhibits an effector, such as an, ion, an enzyme or an ion channel. G stimulatory proteins are GS and GQ, which turn on an effector. G inhibitory proteins turn off the effector, such as the GI protein. What happens when a ligand binds to the G protein coupled receptor? The ligand receptor interaction activates the G protein. This causes the alpha subunit to dissociate from the beta and gamma subunits. The alpha subunit of a GS or GQ protein will turn on the effector, while the alpha subunit of the GI protein will turn off the effector. 
When the ligand unbinds from the receptor, the alpha subunit rejoins the beta and gamma subunits, and its interaction with the effector ends. The function of the effector is to activate the second messenger. Enzyme, enzymatic effectors include adenylene cyclase and phospholipase C. Ion channel effectors include GABA-A and M2 receptor at the SA node. The second messenger modulates a network of enzymatic activity, including phosphates and protein kinases. This governs a complex series of intracellular reactions that elicit a specific response within a particular cell type. Second messenger systems allow for signal amplification. This process allows a signal molecule to initiate a process that activates a large number of physiologic changes. Each step progressively increases the magnitude of the response. The intracellular response to a second messenger is tissue-specific. For example, increased CAMP may cause different effects in different cell types. There are five second messengers that you should know. Cyclic adenosine monophosphate, or CAMP, cyclic guanosine monophosphate, or CGMP, inositol triphosphate, or IP3, and diacylglycerol, or DAG, and finally the calcium ion. The GQ protein is located on the alpha-1, M1, 3, and 5, V1, and H1 receptors. The GQ receptor activates phospholipase C. Phospholipase C is the effector for the GQ receptor. Phospholipase C goes on to activate the second messengers IP3, calcium, and DAG. The GI receptor is located on alpha-2, M2, 4, and D2 receptors. GI coupled receptor inactivates adenylene cyclase, which inactivates the formation of CAMP. GS protein coupled receptors are located on B1 and B2, D1, V2, and H2 receptors. GS-coupled protein receptors go on to activate adenylene cyclase, which activates the second messenger, CAMP. Adenylene cyclase is the effector for the GS protein. CAMP goes on to activate phosphokinase A. In the G-alpha-Q receptor, when phospholipase C is activated, it goes on to activate PIP2, which in turn activates DIG and IP3. DAG activates phosphokinase C, and IP3 binds to IP3 receptors on a calcium channel, which releases calcium from the ER. Steps in the G-protein coupled receptor G-protein cycle. 1. Agonist binds to the G-protein coupled receptor and induces a conformational change. 2. Exchange of GDP for GTP. GDP is released and GTP binds to the G-alpha receptor. 3. Activation. G-alpha and G-beta-gamma dissociate. Both G-alpha and G-beta-gamma can signal. 4. G-alpha hydrolyzes GTP back to GDP. 5. G-alpha and beta-gamma reassociate and the G-protein is 
inactive. Types of G proteins and their effectors. G-alpha-S stimulates adenylene cyclase. G-alpha-I inhibits adenylene cyclase. G-alpha-Q stimulates phospholipase C. And remember that G-beta-gamma also signals. Know the second messenger pathways. The main pathway is G-protein coupled receptor, G-protein, effector, second messenger, target. So for the G-alpha-S, G-protein coupled receptor, G-alpha-S activates adenylene cyclase, activates C-AMP, activates phos uh, protein kinase A, which causes phosphorylation to induce cellular effects. For G-alpha-Q, G-alpha-Q is attached to the G-protein coupled receptor. When activated, G-alpha-Q activates phospholipase C. Phospholipase C goes on to activate PIP2, which activates DAG and IP3. DAG activates phosphokinase C, and IP3 binds to IP3 receptors on calcium channels, and calcium is released from the ER. Beta-arrestin and G-protein coupled receptor signaling. Beta-arrestin signals through MAPK, which is an alternative signaling pathway and is non-G-protein. G-protein coupled receptor desensitization occurs from reduced functional response due to the blocking of the G-protein coupled receptor G-protein interaction from beta-arrestin. So beta-arrestin blocks G-proteins, which causes desensitization to drugs. Major concepts of GPCR signaling, or G-protein coupled receptor signaling. Diversity. G-proteins are named for their alpha subunit, and different G-alpha types have different intracellular effects. Gene regulation. G-protein coupled receptor-mediated signaling can regulate gene expression and produce functional changes. Amplification, the signal can be amplified along the signaling pathway. And finally, even more diversity, a ligand may signal through multiple signaling pathways. Finally, ligand-based ligand bias signaling. Develop drugs that selectively promote signaling via pathways that enhance positive and minimize negative effects. The hypothesis is that mu opioids mediate analgesia via G proteins, whereas adverse effects and desensitization are mediated by the beta-arrestin. Therefore, the goal is to develop a mu opioid-based ligand that selectively activates G protein signaling and not the adverse effects.